Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are. It's another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander with you, along with Bunker de France. That's me. And in Hollywood, it is Todd Roberts. Hello, Todd. I will uh, take that as a compliment, and okay. because I resemble that amark, remark. <laughs> you do dissemble. And I just want to tell you both that I cannot tell you truly how much I am just excited to be on the show today. Well, it's you should be. truly the treat of my week. Well, you should be, because we've got a super-duper cowboy guest. We not, do. Not some Eastern well, dude or some... We, we do. The, 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 this, this hour is going to be nothing but stories, stories... And more stories. And and think none of, of those stories, Harry, will be about a prune picker. Probably not. What uh, a bit. Well, <laughs> uh, our guest is Bird Moss. We met Bird in, uh, uh, let me back up. Bunker and I have breakfast every Friday morning at a place called KG's here in Tucson. Best uh, breakfast in town. Very good breakfast. Very good. And uh, that's where we met Bird. And uh, Bird also does uh, metal work, he, uh, engraving uh, copper, brass, silver, gold, whatever. Handcuffs. You, hand, yeah, whatever you want, he'll he'll probably be able to make it. And so, you know, bunker, we, your nightlife is not part of the program. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know about that? And so, bunker, so. I'm. We're brothers, the three of us. Oh what, God! What do you? Just because I look like I'm asleep doesn't mean I am asleep. <laughs> well, so, hey, uh, Todd, I just want you to know that this show. Is going to be a flashback for you because I think we're going to be going to be an awful lot like the visit with Joe Dreyfus on yeah, this one. I do too. So okay. So basically, I'm going to shut up and let Bunker and Bird go at it because well, well, well then we're not going to talk if you don't join I'll in. I'll join in, but I, Todd, prior to going on air, we uh, uh, they started telling stories, and uh, a Bunker's story about penguins. Um, well, that's a top secret, Harry. Oh, that I didn't know. That. Oh, it's I out. used to run. I bunker just so you know. I used to run around L.A. with a group of guys, and we were known as the Penguin Club. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and <laughs> I uh, won't even the know. goal was to ingest as much liquor as possible <laughs> and offend as many people as possible prior to getting thrown out of an establishment. Well, nice. I guess that's a worthy uh, goal uh, for some folks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some I, folks. Yeah. I've been 86 out of one bar, and it, it's damn tough to get 86 out of uh, that particular <laughs> bar, but I managed well, to. The ones you hang out yeah. in, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. well it's, easier to get, it's easier to get 86 out of fine establishments. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. They let so you we, in we, fine establishments. <laughs> yeah, we used to go to we used to go to the uh, to the uh, cock and bull on Sunset, mm-hmm. uh, where Jack Webb used to sit and drink drink his lunch all afternoon long, mm-hmm. chain smokes chain smoke camels and drink scotch in the corner in the first first table in the corner, and there were a few other places we went, and um, more than once. The management would come to the table and say something to the effect of, gentlemen, although we love your patronage, uh, your behavior is somewhat circumspect. Well, tell me now, did you guys have to wear disguises to get into these places? Oh, no, we, we, were, we were in uh, coats and ties or suits and ties, uh, and we were dressed to the nines, and um, that was all a facade yeah. To not let anyone know that the internally we were completely utterly decrepit, like this, like the the painting of Dorian Gray. Despicable. Despicable. Yes. Well, anyway. Now you now you're now you're going on to Daffy Duck, which is you know, <laughs> that's a whole. We could spend a week doing shows on that. Oh, so well, I'll I'll behave myself let, at this point. Let's let's get on to Bird and find out. Oh, is he still here? Yeah, he's still here. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> sitting patiently waiting his turn to to start. Uh, tell us about yourself. Well, my family's been in uh, Arizona for every flag that's ever been over the state on my dad's side of the family. Wow. All the way back to a uh, 
illegitimate kid of a El Conquistador. Okay. Oh. So where uh, was that? Your dad grew up, Bert. My dad grew up here in Tucson. Okay. Wow. What part of town? He was down by the railroad. Oh, okay. Twenty second, Fourth oh. Avenue. Now where the OP was, UP. He lost both his parents by the time he was five. His mother died of uh, complications from childbirth with his younger brother, and his dad was trying to make ends meet during the Depression, was bootlegging whiskey and tried to outrun the law, and didn't outrun a Model T run over the top of him. So, Did he have any older siblings or older there were There were seven of them. So. That's my dad. He was seven. He was number six out of six girls. And, uh, that's that's scary. But any, <laughs> anyway, his uh, grandmother took him in, uh, and she had a little store at Fourth uh, Avenue and Twenty Second Street. Traded, back back when Tucson was still Tucson. Traded with the uh, Papagos. Yeah. Yes, correctly now it's a totem. So. Yeah. Oh, it's like now, Bert, that store is not there anymore. Yeah, that store is no longer there. I, I no, there's a. It was a Mexican restaurant for years and years. So you were born in Tucson as well, then. Yes. Okay. And uh, you, you grew up down around Patagonia, though, didn't you? But I was I was raised down Sonoyta, Elgin, Patagonia area. Okay, so cowboy in on a ranch and, and that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, my dad ran ranches down there, and then I got to follow in his footsteps as much as possible. Uh. I know you and you and Joe Dreyfus knew each other. Were you guys in school about the same time, or was he a little older than you, a little younger? He was a little bit younger than I was, but he uh, he played for St. David, which was a rival of Patagonia. Yeah, so. he, he would never let us forget about playing for St. David. <laughs> playing baseball. That's the one thing, the only thing they ever did. Well, it, you know, the state champions, that, that was... Yeah, uh, that's pretty impressive. Well, yeah, it is, but... <laughs> well, let's not forget that he... He did his, he did his very best to try to insult me and offend me at every turn. Well, yeah. But I loved him like a brother. <laughs> well, he he was a great guy, and I had to laugh because he was sweet on one of my younger sisters, and he came he came over to a dance, and I pulled him aside and I says, if I see you dancing too tight with my sister, I'm gonna slap you into next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's funny, but I've heard I have heard that same story from a half a dozen different guys. I, I, he must he must have got run off from everybody's well, sister in boy. the county. But it was funny because my sister was complaining to me after the dance, and we were headed home that Joe wouldn't dance close with her. Oh my god! That is so very sweet. very good. Yeah. How did you get into uh, working on metal? Well, when I was in high school, my shop teacher was a XCB welder. And so I enjoyed welding it. My great-granddad was a blacksmith for Ronstadt wow. Hardware here in Tucson. Wow. And so and my mom's dad, other granddad, was a... Uh, want to be blacksmith so I played with it all the time and then kind of came naturally welding and had a couple of heavy equipment contractors and starting in my sophomore year I had weekends booked all the time so it kept me on mad money and you were like doing welding repairs on equipment and stuff starting out correct and then once I got up here to Tucson and I was taking care of a ranch in Tanca Verde and welding, running a welding business, portable rig. And uh, one of the guys that we bought feed from wanted to come have his uncle come help me gather a bunch of cattle. And he was the engraver Vic Vasquez. Mm-hmm. And so that's got me started in playing with metal. And what, when did you move to Tucson? Came up here in uh, 82. And b- but before that, it had all been down in southeast Arizona, in the Patagonia area. And no Gallus, Patagonia. Well, when did you start? I know from checking your site that you started making bits and spurs because you weren't happy with uh, what Porter's was supplying you with. Uh, well, 
Porter's had good stuff. In fact, is they had some of the last of uh, had a spur maker here in town, and I'm drawing a blank right now, but he did stuff, and I was on a roundup with some friends of mine and had a kid that came up and was telling me how how he was building bits and spurs and stuff, and I looked at him, and it looked like he'd kind of beat him out with a dull axe. Had <laughs> 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 a, a hungry beaver chewing the middle. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, well, I can do better than that. And so that was kind of the starting point to start building them, and then made some. There was a guy that was training, starting cutting horses and stuff for trainers in Phoenix, and he was at a jackpot cutting, and there was a gentleman in Phoenix that traded with all the horse trainers and stuff, and he saw one of my bits, and so then he started pushing my stuff in, in Phoenix, and the horse trainers up there, several of them really liked them, and so did you, every, have, did you have your stuff in Perryman's up there? No. Oh, okay. And, uh, never, never was in a retail store. It was all word of mouth. And, oh, okay, yeah. But anyway, a couple of the trainers, every time they'd send a horse home with a client, one of my bits went home with them. So, uh, at what time did you start? You know, all of a sudden going. Gee, that's a good bit. I think I'll, I'll think I'll put some engraving on it. Well, it didn't take very long when people like to personalize, and especially if you're showing. They yeah. Want, they want some bling, so they started pushing me to do more engraving, and so that went along for for several years, and then I went to work for a big national company and kind of put engraving and bit building on the side so I had insurance and a better income to raise some kids and <laughs> kind of sitting in the back pocket. Funny funny how life takes over like that. <laughs> and so anyway, this company bought another company and they uh, offered all of us 55 and older a buyout. So I decided bye-bye. <laughs> if you're going to wallpaper the house with money, I'll leave. Yeah, there you go. Thank <laughs> you. And, uh, so uh, that's when I got kind serious, of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, serious yeah. about the engraving, and have taken several classes. Well, you know that's one of the one of the joys of having breakfast there at KG's <laughs> is <laughs> Bird to come walking in and say howdy, and we'd visit a little bit, and then pull out something out of his pocket. He'd, he'd fumble <laughs> around in his shirt pocket a little bit, and he'd come out and kind of flash this pretty little. Ding dang at us, and mm-hmm. and we'd drool a little bit, and then he'd put it away because you know <laughs> our bibs were getting wet. Well, I can so. tell you that there's a lot of differences between Tucson and LA, uh, or no. Arizona and California in general. Um, but I didn't know they were this extreme because I do that all the time, and I usually get slapped. So, uh, but that's a different, you know. I just, you know, it could that's be where you're just could- me. It could be where you're having breakfast. I don't know. <laughs> well, it could be my cologne. Uh, That's possible. You know. Anyway, Todd. And I, maybe, maybe I'm not as much a gentleman as Bert is. Well, anyway, Todd, <laughs> anyway, Todd uh, I wish we were doing video because uh, we could show the uh, these pieces that he's got. There's, well, he can describe them for two, us. Two money clips, one in copper, one in brass, and then uh, uh, earrings, uh, uh, dangle earrings in, out of silver. Well, so, Harry, yeah. as I, the I, I, producer I, I, of I the will. show, I, I will. you can send me texts. Yeah, well, what a, see, oh, you know, how about that? Man, you know, well, Bert, that, that, while, while Harry's he, taking here's, pictures, here's one why don't you, you just kind of give us a little description of these guys here? Well, I've got, I've got several of them here uh, holding up one right now that they're taking a picture of that has a big horn ram's head in Bellino with some engraving on it. It was a prototype for a customer that, for her dad that was a hunter and she wanted something for him that he can't hunt now, So, but he's carrying this money clip around and and so it reminds him that, well, what he used to chase around anyway. Well, you know, looking at this rascal, 
And having just finished a 10-year-old copy of Wild Sheep magazine with all those great pictures that they put in there, uh, you know what? He looks exactly like a big old, big old mountain sheep. He does. He got them little beady eyes with the slit in them. Got about a 14, 15 inch uh, base. Great curl. Curl reaches around to just below the eye. I'll tell you what. People at Wild Sheep Magazine ought to get a hold of you. That'd make some good good prizes and stuff. Well, I'm looking at it right now. My goodness. You know what I'm telling wow. you? You're, you're, you're a true, true artist, sir. You really oh, are. Thank you. And then this next money clip that's coming your way is brass, and uh, it's more of the uh, style of gun engraving of the turn of the century. I guess one of the big engravers then was Nimskus probably mispronouncing mm-hmm. his name but uh he's got the, the scrolls scrolls and the flowers and yeah and uh, yes yes yeah you know those are that's a classic design that you see on all the really old well-made uh-huh. belts you know, oh here you go are you gonna take a picture yeah, of it? I, I already did. oh you got it. but it's like well a, the relief work is 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 yeah. is what creates the uh the the um such, um, shall I say, um, changes yeah. in the in the way you look at it. it, it there's parts. Yeah. It's just it's beautiful. It's well, really you know, the brass the brass thing is amazing. Yeah, it makes me think. You know, it's one of the things that that like with saddles, belts, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. The really really pretty ones are the ones that have got the floral uh, engraving oh. on them. I've got and, a, and and that relief work that takes a real talent. That's, I've got a Bill Leftwich belt yeah. at home. I got made after I got out of the Navy, and it, uh, you know, he's one of the finest etchers around for leather work ever. I think, and mm-hmm. this this looks like his work. You haven't been copying him, have you? No. 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 Okay. It's like all your own. Okay. <laughs> those those sunflowers are just gorgeous. Really. Well, that oh, yeah. that came about. I, I posted some pictures. I joined a group called USA Made Cowboy Gear, and uh, it's a Facebook page. It's goes all over the country. And one of the ladies asked back if I could make sunflowers, and so that prompted me to to start that pair. But uh, been a fairly lucrative that's organization to join up with. That's uh, you got a couple of photographs of I think a, a silver pair and a copper pair on your side. Why don't you tell people the site so if somebody wanted to look at your work or maybe order something, they could they know where to go. Shameless promotion. Better. That's what we're all well. About. It's uh, birds, bits and spurs, and custom jewelry on Facebook. And, uh, don't have a well, uh, don't have a website, like, but uh, do have a uh, Facebook page. I like I like that. And that's pretty easy to find then. Yes. I found it, and so it's got to be easy. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> birds. Ah, here we go. Bits. It's birds, bits, spurs, and custom jewelry. You also Bert Moss at Gmail, too, right? And then my email account is birdmoss at mm-hmm. gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we keep, we keep this here? we got to take our first break, guys. Our guest, Bird already? Moss. Yes, already. Bird Moss is our guest here on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. It is the 22 of uh, August. Yeah. Minty dose. Minty dose. I had to stop and think for a minute there. Um, so uh, we're going to take our first break and be back with, whoops, wrong one, be back with much more right after these very important messages. Do stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west, where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. 
That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm Miss Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. back on Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday, as we're always here on a Saturday. Harry Alexander with you, Bunker de France in studio, and in Los Angeles, Todd Roberts. Our guest is uh, Bird Moss. We're talking uh, cowboy stories, jewelry, God knows what else. You know, it's so <laughs> funny. During the break, I pulled out my money clip that a friend of mine made for my birthday about 20 years ago, and show Bert, and I've learned, I've just learned, never give him a piece of jewelry because he immediately pulled out his pocket knife and started crimping in some of the places that needed needed crimping in. I should have brought my but stuff. But then again, it's a good way to get something fixed. I should have brought well, my stuff. I think that's that's probably why you uh, invited me down here, is you knew the stone was loose. I'll just check your work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, we... we at Voices of the West are embarking on a project, and uh, for some reason or other, we think that we must have belt buckles. Have what? Have belt buckles. Belt buckles. Oh, belt buckles. Like a rodeo. Belt buckles, Bunker. Belt buckles. Don't shout. Like a rodeo belt buckle. And so hey, you blew out my eardrums. It's no different now than it is when we're in a bar and people are loud and noisy and there's too much liquor. Yeah, but with my hearing, and I don't blaring. know they're even there unless I look around. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, we put headphones on you. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> maybe wanting you to do uh, some designs. We have a design idea that we want on our buckle. And you know how dangerous that is, don't you, Bert? Yeah. Yes. That you got three fellas that, you know, have just enough liquor in them mm -hmm. and not enough intelligence to to make a go of it. But they're just they haven't those yeah. two things. That's right. Added to them make them just dangerous enough to drive you crazy. As well as money. And not only that, but I am a near teetotaler, and and Harry's been talking to some suffragettes about uh, drying out, so yeah, Dale, you it, may be on your own here, Todd. Not, not in this century. Hunker, <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to stop drinking until I come to Tucson, and let's get to the real meat of the issue. Yeah, yeah. Bird, have you ever been to the Silver Saddle? Uh, more than once. <laughs> okay, so I have a thing. I have a quest. Some people want to, you know, walk the Great Wall of China. Some people want to ride 
the 100-foot waves in the north shore of Hawaii. Some people want to see the pyramids. I want to go to the Silver Saddle. And um, everyone always says, oh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. But no one has ever said to me, oh, yeah, I've been in there, and you want to drink this and eat that and have this waitress and so on. So hopefully you'll be our Sherpa, as it were. Well, I haven't spent that much time there, but uh, I have eaten there on numerous occasions. Okay. I'm partial to Daisy Mays, but I can walk right right to it. It's just almost next door. Man, they got great pork chops. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had Daisy Mays pork chops? Aren't, have you ever had a better pork chop? Uh, the Red Arrow Cafe oh. in uh, upstate Michigan oh. on the Red Arrow Highway. That's a long ways to go for a good pork chop. Well, I know that place that you and I ate in... Uh, that little town in uh, uh, somewhere near San Luis Obispo, Todd. That little place that we went to. Oh, and had we went to. Uh, we went. Uh, hold on, hold on. We went to McClintock's. That's it. Man, that where they good. have the uh, where they serve uh, instead of Rocky Mountain oysters, they serve uh, turkey giblets. Mm-hmm. And they have a turkey over the bar that is uh, has just been uh, separated from his uh, jewels stuff. <laughs> and uh, he's posed in that position. Yeah. He must um, he must have to get a whole bowl of them to get a mouthful. That's a big turkey. A big turkey. Well, <laughs> uh, Bunker, you just be rest assured that your buddy here and your other buddy there, we didn't have those. We had beans and tri-tip. Uh, I don't and, believe uh, it. Oh, no, we you know, And it was and, damn and, good. And we behaved ourselves properly yeah. with a female bartender. Yeah, and that was really difficult. To no, do. You're, you're showing your age. That's what it is. <laughs> Into a, well, actually, we wanted to eat. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes you're That's hungry. True. It's just a question of for what. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, well, yeah. thank you, Bird. Thank All you. right. So, so Bird, I got to throw out a question to you, um, and I hate to throw you a big curveball, but my father made a film down in... Tucson called Monty Walsh back in 69 and there were uh, buckles that everybody got except for me so this is not you know uh, this isn't Glenn Beck's Christmas sweater story (laughs) but um, it's not like that bird Um, everybody got a belt with their name on it and everybody got a buckle and the buckle is a handmade sterling silver buckle with the uh, insignia of the Slash Y ranch brand, which is a mythical ranch in the movie. It's in the novel. Uh, It's a ranch that is dead before the novel even starts. It's kind of a mythical place, like Oz. And uh, uh, my dad, my mother, my older brother, my dad's partner, his wife, his son, and... I think the director, his wife, a few other people, got that buckle. I have both of my parents' buckle. And um, I think I might even have their, their, their belts. But uh, we've never been able to find out who made that buckle. And there's you're in Tucson. You're a, you're a, you're a uh, metal smith. There's and no I would stamping love on the to talk to you it? about that. Um, you know, not really. No, there isn't. You know, I've... Um, I've got to interject so, here. You know, I worked on that movie. I didn't get a belt or a buckle. Bunker, either did I. So well, you, uh, know, you and I were, as usual, left out in the cold. Stepkids. Red-headed, yeah. freckled stepkids. Red-headed stepchildren. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so, that's um, something to cry in our beer about. It just gives us an excuse to drink more beer. But I'm hoping Bird is going to help me recreate that buckle someday. Well, was the buckle made in California or was it made here? It was made in Tucson. He came back with it from Tucson. He also came back with a uh, silver uh, ashtray with a turquoise in the middle of it um, that said... uh, on the top of it said Old Tucson, which Bob, uh, the owner of Old Tucson, gave him. Bird. And he also came back with that, that buckle. So you, I've tried to have people make that buckle again, but no one's ever gotten the right spirit of it. If you'll send me I a have, picture of it, I will uh, 
it sounds like maybe a work of Sam Patino. Was that the guy that was on Drachman? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And and uh, there were a couple other engravers out here. Uh, there was a gentleman, Yale Newman, out in Trail Dust Town. Um, fact is, I used to stop and visit him before he passed away, and then I was blessed about five years ago that his son called me up and gave me all of his dad's patterns. Wow. Oh, wow. And wow. So I, I thanked him profusely, drove down the road a ways, pulled over, composed myself, and uh, continued on home. But uh, that's cool. I had to send him a send him a email about a month later after I had time to get where I could sit down and type and uh, do it coherently, <laughs> and thank him for sharing 48 years of his dad's life with that me. That is awesome, yeah. Todd. I sent you Bird's card, so you have the information there. Thank you. You know, thank you. I've already liked Bert on uh, Facebook. On Facebook, so you know, you've 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 got something you probably don't want, Bert, which is <laughs> some knucklehead from L.A. You know, <laughs> trying to occupy your time and drink your liquor. He, he he's he's got an app on his site there. Deletes all prune pickers. <laughs> And on that well, note, we got to take our next break here on Emil Franzi's <laughs> Voices of the West. I know, it's just so much fun, we just can't contain ourselves. We'll be back with much more right after these important messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Tucson Traffic Skeet invites you to bring the family out this summer. We have a clubhouse and a restaurant for you to enjoy. Our summer hours are Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. We're located at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. Call 883-6426. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show, and may the odds be ever in your favor, and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or Movie Pass. So... After finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Billy, I've got a little present for you. A 25-cent piece I plugged at 20 yards. i got a little present for you, Pat. A nickel plugged at 30 yards. Now I've got to go out and ruin a nice, new, shiny, ten-cent piece. Good night, everybody. This is the Voices of the West. That particular piece came from a movie out of 1930 uh, called Billy the Kid, and it starred Johnny Mac Brown. That was Todd No, the audio cut. That we oh, just heard. Oh, yes, yes. That was uh, uh, Billy Bonnie. 
Billy Bonnie. And, oh my God, who, who played Garrett? Uh, Wallace Berry. Wallace Berry played uh, yeah. Pat Garrett. Anyway, that, he was good. That was a one fine movie. That's a, one of uh, my favorites. That's, that's the best Billy the Kid ever. I'm thinking it, it has to be as well. And you ever see that one? No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. It, it is. The Which Garrett, one are we talking about? I'm sorry, gentlemen. Uh, King Vidor's 1930. Yes. Uh, Billy the Kid. I mean, it, the, I'm just so, so taken with the movie, as you might tell. Uh, the characterization was really, really good, I thought. Well, it, let it, me ask you this, because you, you heard me raving about it for years. Yes. Did that have any influence on it, watching it? or it's a, a little bit, yes. But um, a, my wife, she doesn't know oh, which so, Billy... Yeah. She doesn't know which Billy the Kids you li- uh, like or whatnot. Yeah. She enjoyed that movie very That's much. That's good. She's the test. Yeah. And, and so um, the characterization, I, I mean, <coughs> is just so, so good. Uh, it reminded me of how Clue Gulager uh, portrayed Billy in uh, The Tall Man. Yeah. Well, you know, so like I told you, the thing about uh, Johnny Mac's performance is everybody, all the Billy the Kids have been serious. They've been... You know, moody, gloomy, sometimes psychopathic. And I grew up there, you know, and, and Billy the Kid was like, you know, even though he was long gone before I ever come along, he was like a distant cousin to every every kid up there. We, we knew him. We played, we played the game. And the thing about him was everybody, the old-timers, all said the same. He was fun-loving, he had a twinkle in his eye, he he was not sensitive in the modern 20th century way of sensitive, he was sensitive in the old fact, Victorian yeah. gentleman, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. and, it just, and it captured, I think, the essence of the man, yeah. you know, as I understand it. Yeah, well, anyway. Well, he wasn't, he was not touchy like uh, uh, Doc Holliday was. Right. Doc, you couldn't touch Doc. Yeah. He, first of all, he was in pain, so he didn't like people touching him. And second of all, he was very, like, overly protective of himself. Billy had a twinkle in his eye and a little twinkle in his smile. Yeah. And well, uh, he was a fun loving kid. He loved the ladies, and, he loved to dance. Yeah. We will be talking yeah. about that movie with. Um, uh, Johnny Boggs, when uh, Boggs appears on this program as part of our um, our author re- series, our author series relationship with Western Writers of America. Let's well, brag about that for a minute. Out. Well, it's a great thing. Uh, we advertise with Western Writers of America, and they advertise with us, and we get to talk to their authors. And they <laughs> and they seem to have a good time. We so have a good except time. I still I still haven't got my. Uh, uh, Candy, if you're listening, I still haven't got my June issue of the Roundup, and I'm still waiting now for my August issue. So if I don't hear from you uh, by the end of the month, I will be calling Wyoming. All righty then. Our guest well, is- you know, Bunker, we could always work on your dance steps. There you go. Because, you know, if we went out one night, I came to Tucson, and we two, took her out step. dancing, yeah. you know, that, that might, you know, dancing is... Uh, if if liquor and mashed potatoes are a way to a man's heart, dancing's a way to a girl's heart. So you know, uh, they like they, to say after flowers. they dance with me, they they can see a podiatrist <laughs> and never answer my phone call. And a chiropractor. Listen, you, you stop stop belittling yourself. You're you're greater. You're better than that. I'm going to tell you right now, Bird. I have to change my uh, my answer to you about the buckle. It's stamped on the back, on the inside, Sterling, and there's a big A. Is that Jan Sterling, it's, the actress? Uh, no, it's 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 stamped with a big, weird, kind of gothic A, and then uh, beside it says Sterling. Well, sterling is what is what kind of silver it is. Yeah, the A is the maker. So I'm, that's all I have send, for you. Send me a copy of it, and we'll look in some books and see if we can figure out who the maker is. Okay, well, I, I got a I'm on it. I got I'm a, on it. I got a watch at home that my that my mom got me for Christmas many, many, many years ago. Uh, Navajo, made up around the Four Corners area, and 
I wore it all the time, and then, and you know how silver sometimes will crack. So I got it patched. The guy did a beautiful patch job, but on the back side of it was the, the, the maker's mark, and that was covered. And it's a, it's a, it's a JM like this. Indian guy up there. I, I, I looked it up once, but I can't remember what his name was. You wouldn't have any idea. Just, well, they're 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 all clans up there. So it's yeah. Yazi or or uh, Ned or, or you know several others. But that's a nice thing about they have uh, taken and documented all the makers yeah. starting in the in the late 30s of the Navajo wow. artists, and so. If you have the maker's mark, we can generally figure I, out who I made it. I saw it in a book. That's what it looked like. Interesting. And that might be oh, uh, Bunker. John you don't, Goats. You don't buy books. <laughs> no. I, Come I, on I, now, No, I, I buy bookstores. Yeah, right? yeah that he does. That hey, he if, does. You know, I would, you know like, if you ever need a place to stay, I would invite you to my house and offer you the couch. But I've got over 300 movie books on the couch, so nobody's sleeping there. Bunker, are you trying to either threaten or insult me? <laughs> I'm I'm ready to sleep in your kitchen if there's if there's uh, a chair and a table. No, that's, well, that's the, covered the, in books too. The, the, well, it's t it's covered that's in okay. projects. Uh, I have not sat and ate on ate at that table in 25 years. Bunker, if the beer is cold and the music's loud enough. Uh, you might be able to get me even to help you dig a ditch. Well, there's no beer in the icebox. I do have a, a gallon bottle of, of wine that I bought for cooking, but the uh, settlement is built up about a half inch on the bottom. <laughs> well, Bunker, that's the that's the wine we use for cooking steak. Well, that's good. I I haven't done any cooking in there in about 20, 27 or 28 years. If you can't get it in the microwave, it ain't getting cooked. Okay, red onion and plenty of garlic, and we're going to have ourselves a good old time. This, this is why I'm Bunker, just letting you know. This is why Bunker eats out a lot, because he <laughs> can't get to, the, can't get to the, the stove, can't get to the kitchen table. Yeah. And he hey, probably has books in his cupboard. I'm, I'm the only... Uh, my, my oven... I know, your storage. Oven, I know your oven has yeah. books in it. Well, and it's been enjoyable sitting here watching them because Bunker brought in some bagels, and you have to you have to soak them to be able to chew a piece off of them. Yeah, it's like eating and heart so, attack. You know, these would be Well, great. we try to make the, 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 the show as Western as possible. You know, uh, with the bagels, we're trying to go after that hard tack, right, the cavalry thing. Well, this is, this yeah. is for the Goldwater family because, you know, they're a good old... Uh, Hebrew family that settled early days Arizona, but I just happen to think you know these guys would make great skeet targets. <laughs> oh, yeah, or buffalo chips. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, they might, yeah, they might cook up pretty good. My shotgun yeah. will uh, find out and see how, how well they work. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got another question for you, Bert. Or uh, before we took the break, uh, you you were telling us about getting those patterns uh, from your old friend and. And I, I get the feeling, looking at your work, that you don't use clip art. You, you or, or design, do you? design everything your own. No, I like to like to design my own. The uh, the ram's head, mm -hmm. I used the outline and and did the fill in work myself. And but uh, no, I was telling Bunker and these guys that there used to be an engraver here in town by the name of Yale Newman. Interesting gentleman. He's been to. Reno's. He started when he got back from the service and really had his own style. He uh, was a hand push engraver. That's all the power he used to. Uh, he didn't use hammer and chisel. Mm -hmm. he, he started engraving in the Second World War. He was a anti aircraft gunner in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. And his son told me an interesting story the last time I visited with him that. His dad thought they'd lost the war because he hadn't seen an aircraft in a month. <laughs> but anyway, with all that downtime, he started uh, scratching and engraving on anti-aircraft shells. 
So then he came back. Little message to the nippers, yeah. Came back to the States and and worked with some of the early buckle guys in uh, Mm -hmm. Reno. And then started his own shop. He and his brothers had a shop in in Reno, and then he moved to to Tucson, and and he continued on until his death. You do shows, uh, uh, not gem shows, but like you've done the Empire Ranch uh, Roundup yes. down there and, and other uh, have you done Sonoida Sonoida uh, Rodeo and, and the fair down there the fair archery fair. Haven't, haven't done it too much there's people that know and I might meet them and deliver something that they've ordered unfortunately I'm a little bit testy when it comes to people and they they see something that uh, Montana silversmith bangs out or has somebody in Vietnam build for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, when, you were you were also telling us about how you came about his patterns and stuff, which I thought was, you know, it really interesting to me because that's so much of the heritage and legacy, and how it keeps going, keeps continuing. Well, it's it's interesting because I used to stop and visit with him occasionally and know his son fairly well. And so his dad passed away, and about five, six years later, I get a phone call from his son, and he asked me if I'd like to have his dad's patterns. And so I didn't hesitate to say yes and went out and picked him up and thanked his son profusely and <laughs> went down the road and had to compose myself and <clears throat> and drive home but uh, about uh, it took about two months to get where I could sit down and type a hmm. legible letter without getting emotional about it thank you for sharing 40 years of his dad's life you're, what, like you're kind of getting a little choked right now <laughs> talking about what kinds of patterns are these there are buckle patterns. Mm-hmm. There are patterns to, to stamp ranger, that ranger buckles. Okay, and, templates. But they're, they're templates to trace around. Uh-huh. Like caps or saddle horns or something like and, that. You know, conchos. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, while you do that, we're going to take our final break. I'll take your final because break. Because we're at that spot. And I remembered what I was going to ask anyway. Keep, keep it in mind. We'll be back with a much more of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West right after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. I'm Miss Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry. 
an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Saturday the 22 of August. That was kind of mystical. What was that? Uh, mystical guitar. Mystical guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's program, well, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Next week's program, we are out at the White Stallion Ranch uh, yeah. for Movie Saturday, as we are every Movie Saturday. And our topic for next, uh, our next Movie Saturday show Knockout at the K.O. Corral. Yeah. We're going to do best fight scenes. That's going to be fun. It I is. Looking stuff up. Yeah, oh, did you ever get a hold I of I didn't. Gene? I got to email Gene and see if you he's available. I got to email Gene and see if he's available. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, that's next week. fellow we had on the show a couple of times. This week, we're, we're still talking with Bird Moss. He's a, a, a jeweler. Did we say jeweler? You work on metal. Metal worker. Engraver. Metal, metal worker is better. I, uh, I play like, with play I, with jewelry. Yeah, I like metal worker. Yeah, that sounds kind of sissy, doesn't it? <laughs> engraver. That sounds, that sounds like, you know, like, well, I'll put you in your engraver six feet under. Well, engraver uh, could be working with. Well, I was going to ask you, and this is probably, well, it's not going to be the dumbest question I ever ask because I've asked every other question is dumb. Have you done any uh, you know, scrim show? Doing a little bit, uh, starting with the Bolino work yeah. in the metal, and it's basically the, the okay. same thing when you uh, well, that's move over to... the same in metal work as it is in... In like ivory, you uh, use a little bit sharper tools. Yeah. And, uh, do you do, do all, your, all your work by hand, or I mean, with, with hand tools, or do you uh, dremel? They're uh, hand tools. The uh, engraver that I use is, is manufactured by a company in, in Kansas, and it is air assist so it's it's like a small jackhammer in your ah, hand okay so it provides the strokes you can adjust it to make it look like a, mm-hmm. a hammer and chisel engraving mm-hmm. or you can speed it up and so it stays nice and smooth and bright that's cool that's one of the things i always liked about bill left which is work you know it looked like it was stamped but most of it was cut you know and that really makes a difference well, it makes a big difference, you know, for as far as bright and most of the engraving that I do is what we call Western bright cut. And so it's all about light and faceting so yeah. that, that it reflects the light. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, you know, you see you see some of the old uh, whalers scrimshaw stuff and some of it almost looks like engraved like it was engraved by an engraving machine. It's just so precise and like photographic almost. Well, some of the some of the early scrimshanders were just amazing artists. There's a young lady in California that has done numerous yeah. ivory grips for 9/11s. Yeah, I guess that's pretty big up north, like Alaska, Washington State, where you've got you know the native population up there that that does a lot of that work. Well, and you have to be careful because you can't get ivory out of Africa or transport yeah. across international lines anymore, and it it either has to be pre-68 or... Well, I was thinking like, some, like uh, uh, baleen and uh, walrus, you know. Well, you got baleen and walrus, and, and uh, then there's a... Uh, you can use uh, mammoth ivory that they're digging this up. It's been dead a long time. So. <laughs> you can't worry about it going extinct. Is. Well, you can in California, <laughs> because uh, between uh, Governor Moonbeam and Governor <laughs> Gruesome, uh, he is, they both have made it illegal to trade any ivory whatsoever. Uh, he put my friend out of business, who was dealing in Mastodon and Woolly Mammoth ivory. Uh, 
and uh, it's just crazy. And anybody for no reason other stink? than to be uh, able to run around and tell everybody what a great job you're doing, even though, um, you know, uh, in all the other areas, they're not. Uh, homelessness has yeah. grown to 50,000. You, know, you, you, you need Angeles to put him alone. on the stage out of town. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Bunker, <laughs> it's funny how you say that. And and I'll and I'll definitely put this to you, Bird. Um, you know, there's a great there's a great scene in uh, My Darling Clementine when um, the theater owner uh, comes up again short because his lead uh, headliner, entertainment for the evening, has disappeared. He's been uh, basically, uh, shall we say. Um, uh, kidnapped by the clans and they're making him do his routine in front of them and uh, you know they can't find the guy so he the theater owner walks out to the stage and says ladies and gentlemen um, it is beyond my control but I have to tell you again we do not have entertainment for the evening and the crowd just goes crazy ballistic and even the ladies of the evening who are in a booth there, they even go crazy. And uh, they start to grab the guy, and they're going to, you know, do whatever they're going to do to him. And Wyatt Earp is there as Henry Fonda, and he says, oh, oh, wait a minute, hold on, that's not fair. He goes, well, you know, Marshall, it's the fourth time uh, or third time this month that we haven't had our, you know, the the entertainment hasn't shown up, and we we don't want to hurt him. We just want to ride him around town on the rail and maybe tar and feather him. And I think to myself, you know, that would be a really good remedy for most politicians of yeah, the day. Certainly well, un- unfortunately, we reached a point in time where uh, politicians nationwide are. Uh, have motion and action confused. <laughs> politicians have Thank a lot. you very much. Politicians have a lot confused. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I was going to... Yeah. One of the things I noticed you know, looking at all my different Western history and art and stuff, and the Victorian era, which is a lot of stuff out there, and clip art and stuff like that, but I've often wondered... Why more artists, Western artists, uh, haven't taken advantage of that? Because this is this is artwork that was done, you know, like engraving and, and stuff like that, that was done in the period by the people that were living there that were doing what they were portraying, what they were looking at. Well, you got quite a few uh, gun engravers are are following in the footsteps of. Uh, just be an engraver that worked for Colt for many years, Nemskus, mm-hmm. and and his scroll work. And there's a, a group that I just joined this year called the Firearm Engravers Guild. And in it, they're worldwide and have the finest gun engravers in the world. Yeah. And so uh, there's a lot of Victorian stuff out there. We've got a company here in town that... Uh, started out as a hobby and he's turned it into a company where he's bought hubs from all of the jewelry makers that were in Rhode Island that have gone belly up and now he's buying stuff out of uh, Europe that has a lot of the Tiffany and their dyes and all kinds of uh, amazing artwork. Well, you know, that's one of the things I always enjoy looking at gun magazines, especially the older ones, uh, when you can find them. Uh, the engraving on someone, especially, especially the hunting rifles. You oh, know. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you know, <clears throat> if you look at the European, the European guns. Some of the engraving on those are absolutely like incredible. Hey, we're out of time. They're classic. We're out of time, guys. Oh. Bird, thank you so much for being with us. Well, Appreciate thank you guys for putting up with me for the hour. Anytime, man. Anytime, Todd. Thank you. Thank nice you. you, Todd. Thank you. And we will be seeing everybody or talking with everybody next Saturday. Be there or be square. There you go. On Amal Francie's Voices of the West. 78.
Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 